0: Hello, that's my cue. Welcome to the Clay Bend Podcast. This is episode twenty. Hope you're having a great week. Appreciate you finding a way to listen. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy.
1: Yo, 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 that's my cue.
0: How are y'all doing? It, it's tough moving. I'm worn out.
1: I know. I haven't done in a while, but um, I kind of feel like I am because we're in the middle of remodeling all of our bathrooms
0: oh yeah that's right
1: so I don't know where anything is but that's okay
0: I don't know where anything is either Where, what, at what point are y'all in the remodel?
1: I don't really know if a snake had two heads it'll bite you twice <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: what was that? <laughs> put your seatbelts on boys can
0: you believe that we never had Mike is president, Ooh, sports opinions,
1: you know we got Ooh, a sports opinions a straight out of the air.
0: Do you think that um getting into Super Bowl is old news at this point or we should talk about it?
1: I think today is the last day we can talk about it. You're still getting some stories, some Super Bowl stories and stats and facts and figures. It's, you know, it, you know, it's not everyone's kind of settled down and they're over the hype of it all, but uh yeah, I think there's still stuff to talk about. Let's talk about it.
0: So, did you first off, did you enjoy the game?
1: Um I enjoyed it fine. I, I didn't watch it too closely. I was just busy. I don't know. I was cooking at first and then I was just, we're hosting, you know, when you're hosting and you have yeah multiple kids, it's just, it's hard to sit down and watch a full game, but I, I watched, I guess enough of the game to get a flavor for the, <clears throat> the, the tempo. And- yeah, I feel
0: like when you're, uh, when you're entertaining or hosting and, for that matter, watching the Super Bowl with anybody, usually you don't end up watching the whole. You end up watching about half of it.
1: Yeah, I would say yeah. I watched maybe close to half. The entire halftime show, of course. Um, which which was, was great. Yeah, it was great. Not not as great as everyone's like gushing about, but I mean, it was it was as far as half times go, halftime shows go. I think most halftime shows are unwatchable. So, I mean, at least yeah, you had guys that we were familiar with from our uh, from our youth performing and. Uh, how,
0: how long did it take you to realize that that was Fifty Cent hanging like a bat?
1: Yeah, I I, I couldn't figure out what his necklace. I thought his necklace was a, a twenty. I didn't know what uh I did too <laughs>
0: what
1: that meant, and then
0: I was trying to figure out, yeah, I was trying to figure out who is this, what is this how does this correlate i it was pretty random really i thought I thought both Snoop and Dr. Dre were really good and fun to watch
1: yeah, I mean they were you know, the thing about dre I made this comment to my friend is um, think of him more as a producer in the last couple of decades, for around. sure. Sure. I don't even consider him a rapper, so just to see him up there actually performing was uh, a little different and nostalgic, I guess.
0: If you look at the, uh, I mean, just kind of look at the basics of the game, the yards were basically the same total yards gained, and not a whole lot. Uh, the Rams had two two turnovers to the Bengals zero, which yeah, which typically you know is not typical for the winner. Uh, but Burrow was sacked seven times, almost 50 yards lost. Um, time of possession was even. And really penalties were were a non-factor until the very end of the game.
1: Yeah, and they became a very big factor in kind of the story of the game, unfortunately, and that kind of ruined it for a lot of people. And um, when the Bengals jumped ahead with that long touchdown pass, Early in this third quarter, and then they saw the replay, and it was an obvious face mask, and uh, Jalen Ramsey got basically thrown to the ground. <clears throat> um, that kind of ruined it for a lot of viewers, too, probably who are going for the Bengals, saying, Oh man, I don't want to see him win this way. Right. Then it gets flipped on him, and, you know, in the most critical drive of the game, they call it defensive holding. And it was a very suspect call. I, I kind of felt like it was a makeup call, but yeah know, it was it was,
0: of- it was an interesting call at that point of the game. Uh, what what appeared to be kind of a no call should have been a no call
1: when you know then watching the replays, it appeared that the Rams jumped early as well.
0: Most of these playoff games you saw the teams convert that had to. And, you know, he just got sacked a couple of times and and that was it. Well,
1: that's the thing is like after watching these playoffs, you you felt like the game was never over. And so for this one, to, uh, yeah, like you say, I thought there's no way on fourth and a half yard they're going to get stopped. I mean, this is going to go down to the last second. And when it didn't, it was kind of a letdown because of how great so many of the other playoff games were.
0: And really it did did cap off uh, my favorite playoffs that I can remember.
1: -huh it was fun yeah no doubt and I mean this and this was the year that the NFL officially surpassed um, college in terms of just excitement postseason excitement because now the bowl games are terrible um, yeah you got players entering the transfer portal before their games they have the players uh, sitting out their bowl games so bowl games suck
0: neither one of us uh, have a beard I mean,
1: and then in uh, the and then the the championship or the college football playoff, the the games were mostly not very interesting. And so then yeah. the the NFL playoffs were just explosive this year. So they were. Yeah, it, it was a great NFL playoffs. It's going to be hard to top. Well, since we're on sports, I know you wanted to get into UNT basketball um, All Star Weekend coming up. You know we have uh, Super Bowls over. You know we haven't gotten to the exciting part of the NBA season quite yet. Um, the no March Madness. It's kind of there's kind of a lull in sports, and then all of a sudden you remember, oh yeah, it's, it's All Star Weekend. I'm, I'm pumped for the the dunk contest and uh, uh, the the Rising Stars game and um, and you know some other events that neither of us are going to watch now. You know, given that it's all-star weekend, a perennial all-star when we were kids was Charles Barkley, who um, retired in the year 2000 at age 37 after an injury-plagued season in which he averaged 15 points and 10 rebounds. Perfectly respectable numbers, but he only played in about 20-some-odd games. That was with Houston? He was with the Rockets, yeah, and you know he didn't. The Rockets were in full rebuild mode. Um, Hakeem was, I think, still a couple years away from going to the Raptors, but I mean that they weren't they weren't going to win anything anytime soon, and so Charles decided he was going to hang it up. I always thought of Charles as a Sixer. I know the Sixers retired his jersey. He played there for his first. Eight NBA seasons. Um, he went uh, I don't think he ever went to the finals with with Philly, but um he was kind of uh Dr. J's um, successor as uh, you know, of course, Dr. J will always be um, well, you know, Dr. J and Alan Iverson will always be remembered as all-time great 76ers. And I think Charles Barkley is up there with him too. Uh, although he never took him to the finals. Had he decided to play one more season, had he signed for the minimum with the Philadelphia 76ers and said, you know, hey guys, I'm gonna play home games or I'm gonna play every game except for back to backs or I'm just going I'm gonna come back to Philly. I want to finish my career here. You guys have a good squad, went to the conference finals. Um, you got this, this young uh, superstar, Allen Iverson. I think I can help push you guys over the hump and get you a championship. The 76ers went to the finals that year with um, Mr. Iverson being basically their only offensive weapon. He averaged 31 points a game, won the MVP. Won game one of the finals and then lost the next four. That was
0: uh the summer of 2000.
1: 2001. Had Sir Charles played one more season, signed a one year deal with the minimum for the minimum to retire a sixer, would he have given Philly enough juice to at least win? one more game in Philly and get the series back to LA or beat the Lakers and win the 2001 NBA finals and stop the Lakers from ever three repeating or repeating at least Shaq. What do you I'm, think?
0: I'm trying to remember this 2001 finals. Who did the Lakers play in the conference championships?
1: They played the San Antonio Spurs, and they swept. Them. Of course, there was no Derek Anderson. He got assaulted by Jawan Howard in the conference semifinals, and um, missed um, most of the series. Uh, he he was injured. Even the games he did play, and he was injured. And um, but I mean, the Lakers were a much better team than the Spurs that year. They they didn't lose a single uh, Western Conference game in the yeah. playoffs they I think I game.
0: think that I watched those playoffs uh specifically those Spurs Lakers games uh in Missouri in the Ozarks with Raul and Brendan and Jeff
1: You damn well might have so
0: that final, so the Sixers and I have a hard time remembering that Bucks team that they beat I don't even know who was on the Bucks
1: Ray Allen Glenn Robinson okay that was that team
0: Okay. Game one, I remember that. The Sixers won.
1: Game one, the Sixers won, maybe in overtime.
0: Yeah, and it, and it wasn't it wasn't really close after that. After but, that, yeah. The, but it, the, was, this is... it was within 10 to 14 points. Okay. And you want to think about, would Barkley have made an impact 10 to 14 points a game? Probably so. I mean, it would have been amazing to watch.
1: Probably not. Would he have at least sent the series back to LA? Yeah. Um,
0: I guess we are talking about a, uh, old and retiring Barkley.
1: We are, but he was still good. As I mentioned in the games that he played in 2000, I think it was 14 and a half points, 10 plus rebounds. He, he was still an impact player. Yeah. But enough, enough, uh, Sir Charles. Now Sir Charles is talking about retiring from TNT, but um, that's a story for another day. Um, Do you want to get into some UNT basketball? Uh, I just wanted to mention that
0: UNT has now won 10 in a row.
1: I I just want to encourage everybody to go out and see UNT play.
0: Yeah, you definitely want to go see UNT because there's not many home games left.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if
0: if you go, you're going to see some of the most exciting basketball in the country. And I will say um, that the Mean Green currently hold the number one scoring defense in the nation. And now they are the only one of two teams, UNT and Gonzaga, to still be undefeated on the road. So I think that's pretty awesome.
1: Hey, let's talk about science.
0: We all love science
1: and news, oh, news. Um, let's talk about science, science news.
0: Yeah, I, I've, I've actually found this story pretty interesting, and I had wondered about it because I knew that when SpaceX uh, sends a starship up, they send satellites up to communicate uh, as these uh, flights take place, I didn't have any idea that it was the quite the number it is. Did you read? Did you read that number?
1: Thirty thousand.
0: Thirty thousand.
1: So, see, I was thinking. You said satellites. I was thinking the Starlink satellites, but this is for this the Starship.
0: Correct. NASA is basically saying that these satellites. Uh, pose a real threat to the space station, pose a real threat to any sort of, uh, upcoming space travel, because once they put these satellites up there, they don't necessarily get rid of them with every new flight. They're still up there. So if you're adding 30 satellites, every flight, those numbers are like grandparents after a while. It's become very rapidly grow- They grow rapidly.
1: Yeah. Um, I just have a problem with NASA feeling like they have dominion over space. I mean, I, I get that they can advise, but um, you know, you—if um, you're capable of uh, exiting the Earth's atmosphere and um, and entering into space—I feel like you should have. Um, <clears throat> Just, so, you know, oh,
0: no rules. Is that what you're saying?
1: Unchecked freedom.
0: I, I did want to say because we talked about it, about SpaceX. So basically, this next launch of the gen, like the generation two Starship, uh, they basically, before the launch, they send up uh, 30,000 satellites that are basically needed to communicate with Starship as it's flying. And basically, NASA sent a, sent a cease and desist letter to Elon, which he's getting multiple letters from NASA. He's also getting payments, right? <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's under contract with NASA. Uh, but they basically push back any, uh, any more what? launches right now.
1: You know what? NASA is Elon's. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running.
0: I feel like if either of you, either of us knew somebody from NASA, it'd be great to talk to them about all this.
1: I do know people from, there's lots of people from NASA. In fact, I know um, one of Liam's old coaches, his wife is going um, into space this year. Wow. Which would be That'd be incredible to have her on. And uh, also one of, Katie, one of Katie's parents' neighbors, um, I think I've told you the story. He was in space during Hurricane Harvey, and he was talking to—he was talking to his wife. Um, we were over at his wife's house while she was talking to him uh, while he was uh, in space. In the space center, yeah.
0: So you've been in a room with somebody who's talking to somebody on the space center.
1: Yes, that is correct.
0: You—you amaze me.
1: Well, I—I I, I did. That had nothing to do with it.
0: What is Elon up to?
1: Um, well, he's sticking it to the man, is what he's doing. Right. Um, he reported, according to uh, Clayton Jones, he reported that he gifted almost $6 billion worth of Tesla shares to charity in November. I mean, he just keeps $6 billion. to to Bernie Sanders. And that was after uh, he paid taxes. After, yeah, after he told uh, Bernie Sanders that he didn't know he was still alive and then said, hey, Bernie, you want me to pay? uh, Guess what? I'm going to do a Twitter poll and uh, ask people if they want me to sell a bunch of shares and pay a bunch of taxes. And God damn it, I did it. And I am just giving money to charity, which I like even better.
0: Even better. And it is one of the biggest uh, donations in history. Yeah, I, got, I don't know of a bigger one, but I, I can't I, give you an example.
1: Elon is the greatest man in history. Let's just say it. Can we declare it like Elon is the, the greatest person in human yes, history? I
0: say I, I say let's declare it now.
1: Okay, okay. who's better, uh, William Wallace or Elon Musk?
0: Easy, Elon. I wanted to talk to you about uh, some of the features that have been disabled in the Teslas.
1: Uh, Okay. Yeah. This talk about a petition. I want to start. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Talk talk about something we need to have Brendo back on the podcast to discuss. (laughs) Uh, Tesla, you can't, you can no longer uh, blast fart noises uh, from your outside speakers in your car. Um, Basically uh, the NHTSA has ruled that it violates U.S. safety laws. So you could actually have your horn sound like this.
1: Hey! Fuck you. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of those ridiculous laws that was just made to be broken, and it needs to be changed. And I think we need to start a petition on Change.org or something to reverse this ridiculous law. It's unconstitutional. Yeah. American. if, if,
0: If studies show that trees break wind, why can't a car?
1: I, I, I can't answer that question. That's why it's a ridiculous law. I mean, it's one of those outdated laws like, you know, you can't uh, have a frog in your jacket pocket on, on Wednesdays.
0: Here we are again, talking about the thing we like to do. Oh, that's right. Band of Horses and Black Keys just announced a a U.S. tour. Um, As we know, they're hitting Texas. They're actually coming to Dallas, but we made the decision to uh, take our wives uh, to the Houston show. So
1: thank you for making that decision. Um, Remind me when it is.
0: uh, It's my birthday weekend.
1: How about that? You know, we.
0: We miss uh, yours. We miss your forty. We still haven't made up for it.
1: Well, I mean, for my 38th, though, we we went to the same place. Um, so it's it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great weather. It's an outdoor venue. Um, I say it's gonna be great weather, assuming it's not raining. It's it's a, a great weather time of year, your birthday. So um
0: Well, last time we went, we saw Dave Matthews and um I hadn't seen Dave in forever, and that was a great show. So I'm looking, yeah, for, I, I I'm looking forward either. to the same atmosphere.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a good atmosphere and and um, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Yeah. So. And
0: at the same time, Band of Horses uh, is slowly releasing their new album. Uh, but of all their famous songs over the years, uh, their first single off the new album uh, charted number one on Billboard. And that's the first time that's ever happened for Band of Horses. So I'm happy for those guys in their mid 40s to be still finding success.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd never had I'd no idea they'd ever found that kind of success. That's, that's very impressive.
0: We're talking episode four and five of Ozark.
1: Episode four is when I texted you. I was on the bus watching episode four. That's when. Um, Mel, the PI, tracks down Wendy's father. Wendy's father is none other than Richard Thomas, aka John Boy Walton from uh, the Waltons. The good night, John Boy. Good night, John Boy. Uh, so, so, what do you think? What, what's going to happen with with Ruth in terms of? Because you know, her she lost she lost that on on the guy, the the carry guy, the the chef. Yeah. so that that opened the door for Marty to come in and say swoop in and say hey let's let's do a deal um, They needed the they lost because Javi screwed up the whole uh, deal with the pharmaceuticals company and so then he went in and entered Ruth and so a lot of stuff goes down. Um, so what's gonna how's it gonna play out is is Ruth gonna, align with with marty is she in line with darlene is she gonna go rogue what's your prediction like who's gonna who's gonna be alive when this thing when all the the smoke clears
0: well my prediction is that we have a uh, a battle between ruth and wendy that's going to come to a head huh and uh i don't know where darlene fits in Uh, but the, I think the ultimate fight is between those two mainly be, you know, whether it's so Darlene has a problem with the daughter of the birds and Wendy has a problem with her own son and they're all, they're both in, you know, Ruth's involved with her own son. I just, I think that Wendy's had about enough of Ruth and especially as Marty's going behind Wendy's back to deal with Ruth.
1: Yeah. but I mean, it's not like Wendy's never gone behind Marty's back. Um, no
0: they make a habit of that
1: yeah and wendy is just a bad bad seed and she just keeps getting worse it's it's almost like um i was reading a review of uh one of the episodes and she's kind of the the heisenberg of Uh of ozark like it's not marty i mean marty's kind of the stable one I mean, yeah and
0: marty's a navigator marty's making decisions to navigate his family through it, and it's not based on uh power grab it's not based on being top dog and wendy obviously
1: also wendy, relishes that role wendy is the power hungry one and she's the one who compromises um any of her values or her- yeah
0: it, it could even be her own brother uh, if he's in the way
1: yeah um the goat I'm still not you know I I, I still they haven't they've left a glimmer of hope that maybe Ben is still alive and maybe it was episode six so I don't want to be a spoiler but Wendy makes a comment that makes you think wait a minute Is she not certain that Ben is dead? Yeah, well, you know
0: my theory, and and I think we shared the same theory, and more of a hope. But you know, the idea, obviously, that the body wasn't Ben's; uh, that they were burning. It was the old lady who had died in her home that Marty found, um, and that they just are hiding Ben until they know that they're able to bring. You know, I mean, that's 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 my hope for that show.
1: I hope so. I think that'd be an awesome uh, part two is if Ben shows up that's what needs to happen is um, everybody dies except for Ruth and I heard you've been looking for me yeah Ben shows up and saves the day but um, who knows I sure as hell don't know (music) Jeff and Brendo kind of stole our thunder. (laughs) They were really good. Yeah, I think they need to be recurring guests. Absolutely. Um, I think they made the the podcast better. And yeah, I've heard a
0: lot of great feedback. And really, anytime we have, uh, anytime we add anybody, which hadn't been a whole lot of people, about four, my dad, Casey, Brendo, Ben, uh, and Jeff, it's helped Ella, and Ella, Ella was actually our original. Our very the OG. original guest. Ella, the OG. All right. Well, thanks for shaving your beard. That's it for Clay Ben. All right, pal. All right. Peace. Good pod. Ooh, I know. It's never easy when the episode ends. But we appreciate you joining us for another episode of the Clay Ben Podcast. Appreciate you finding a way to listen. Hope you have a good week.
1: Oh! <gasps>